Hello, everybody, and welcome to the ACE Ride With Us minicast for the month of February. I'm John Davison from the ACE Western Great Lakes region, and I was honored to sit down with Anthony Marinakis, the creative director and lead venue designer at Whitewater Endless Surf based out of Canada. The first thing that pops into your head when you hear the name Whitewater might only be water slides, but they've been steadily increasing their products and services internationally, including roles like Anthony's. In this interview, we will talk about his background in landscape architecture and how park flow leads you through the overall park design. We'll also touch base on restrictions and overcoming them or even leveraging them to improve the theming. But make sure you stay till the end for the art of feedback, turning critiques from a sting to an improvement, making an overall better product. Let's tune in with Anthony. What would you say your job then is are you the one that pulls all that stuff together or are you just you know listen to their five bullet points and then you start to do the design work from there or do they come to you with so it's, it's a lego land like you mentioned they come to you and they've got ip already right that's right so then yeah. do they give you like here's the parameters and this is what we want and you just start pitching ideas and find out one that sticks yeah it's a little bit of both to be honest in some cases you might have an idea they'll say here's our zone uh, we want this kind of slide in there, and then what IP would work best? And then you kind of suggest some IP from what you know of them. And then their their creatives get involved, and if it's a place like uh, Disney or, or Merlin or Universal, more than often they have their own idea of what they want to see, and you have to bring that into the space. So you have a wide gamut it. then. Sometimes they come to you and they're like, this is what I want. And then sometimes they just say, this is the slide I want. Yeah, exactly. And you look at the whole park and try to figure out what makes sense to fit it in. It really depends on the type of job. We often do overall master plans and try to incorporate all the brand or we'll work with another company, a design group that has a vision and we just supply the uh, theming and the rides, uh -huh. or there's no idea, and you just come in and pitch an idea and say, you know what, in this area, you know, I think it'd be really great if you use this IP and we're going to create this kind of zone with this character and this uh, landscape, and it's going to make you feel like you're like this tiny person in a giant Lego area, for example, right? Got it. Uh, so you try to create the experience. So that's kind of why it's really exciting because it's never really the same thing over and over again. Yeah, you never know what you're going to be working on. Yeah, and, and, and these brand owners are fantastic in that sense because they've got incredible creative teams and trying to bring their vision to something tangible and something that works with the way people move through spaces and behave through spaces is really what my job is all about. I'm a landscape architect originally. You know, landscape architects are great at not only understanding the environment and how people behave in an environment, but how people move through spaces and how you can get the best experience out of certain spaces. So how do you theme a traffic flow and send them a different direction or around bins and stuff like that? Yeah, or if you think about a, a typical park, yeah. for example, like a plaza in a city block, all of that experience is engineered in a, in a way or designed yeah. in a way to maximize views or uh, have people flow through spaces in a way you want, right? Uh, yeah. Or a way that's natural to the site. And it's no different for when you're designing water parks or amusement parks. It's really just a different medium. 
So how did you go from landscaping to be like a full creative director? It seems like a big jump. Yeah, I got laid off and then I found this job. <laughs> so oh, it was like lucky. <laughs> so how long have you been doing this? You said you've been in the industry for 25 years. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So I did uh, landscape architecture out of school and we had some pretty tough times at that time. So after about five years, most of uh, the local architects and landscape architects got laid off. A week later, I stumbled onto these guys who are water slide uh, manufacturers at the time. Yep. And they found design services a great way to help the client visualize how their slide could work in a space. And of course, this industry is all about fun and experience and themes are often a part of that. It just seemed like a great synergy and there was another guy doing it before me and uh, we just kind of meshed and that was 25 years ago. <laughs> wow, so you're like, we're on the, I guess the first start of the- Of this the, company, that yeah. company providing that service and now you've got, what, how many different brands? Right now, um, myself and the design director yep. run a team of about, uh, I guess about 15 designers wow. and they're, some of them are landscape architects, some of them are architects, and some of them are industrial designers who uh, you know, might have worked on car parts or other equipment, right? And now they're designing slides and, and water parks and theme parks. And as far as products go, you're right. I mean, we started off with a very small product offering a few body slides, tube slides, and over the last 25 years, it's just really ballooned into all sorts of products from wave pools, from interactive play structures, uh, splash pads, really unique giant slides, um, like our, our slide wheel, which is looks like a giant Ferris wheel where your three riders are riding, or three to six, are riding inside the tube as it's turning. Mount Olympus is close enough to me, uh, maybe try to talk you into getting a press pass for that. That's, that's, that's exciting. <laughs> you so just you, missed them, they were here, so. Oh, they were? So uh, so that would be an example of when they came to you and they said, we're gonna do this slide, and you had to figure out how to incorporate that into the structures they already have. That's Because right. they have a huge complex already, Yep. and they say, we need this, and we wanted to, so they came to you and said, we want this slide, we want to stand out, we want everybody to see it. And you're like, oh great, how do I figure out how to fit this? Exactly, yeah, and so what you would do is, uh, in a case like that, you know it's a new product for them and for us, and you know that the best way for people to get excited about something, especially that product which is so visually iconic, you need to really bring it to the forefront and make it very visible for everyone to see. So people driving by can see it and then see it at all times and get excited about going to that product, right? So we did place it in a space that's up and forward and adjacent to the road and uh, it just seemed to fit there. It was really quite lucky to so be So you honest. didn't have like some, I mean, I, I would have uh, imagined that you were like, oh great, how do I put this in the front? Because you already have all these slides around and everything. So you were able to easily fit it in there, wasn't it? You have the main component of it, which we put forward. And then you're right, there is some engineering of the slide path, we call it, mm -hmm. uh, where you can twist and turn it around certain elements and gray, uh, you know, match it to the, the slope of the slide so that it, it timed perfectly, perfectly, so, and adjacent to the road. So there is a little bit of uh, tweaking and engineering that you need to do. We weren't able to just pop it on site, unfortunately. We really had to work it so that it fit into the space that we were given, because like you're right, it's an established park. 
it's uh, doing really well and they have a large variety of rides so trying to fit this one in you know can be a challenge so but we might go in a little detail so let's say you're you got the drawings you kind of loosely got it planned out so then who do you work with at your company to for the next level to say okay this has to be you talked about the angles and some yeah. other stuff so then you get then you go to an engineer or exactly or an industrial designer who is in our slide path team yeah so i am creative director i'm on the architectural uh, master planning team but we incorporate and we work with all teams whether it's you know client forward or internal teams like engineering and slide path so what i would do is i would look at the site, look at what the client wants, bring that all together with the salesperson, and then go to our slide engineers and say, here's where I want it, here's our challenges, what can we do? And work with them on the best possible way to fit it into the site. They'll take it into a program called SolidWorks, where they start laying out each of the flume pieces and, and work with the site and the landing. Usually they start from the landing and work their way to the tower and really try to figure out the best possible layout for experience of, this, of the ride. What Is that what you mean, like your best experience, you mean both visually and then like all of the Gs and all of the forces that get put on them? Exactly, I'll work together with the slide path team to make sure that the aesthetic from the outside is working and they'll really work and get the inside experience, inside the flume experience working so that they get the Gs at the right times, the turns, the drops, so that they maximize the experience as they go through it. Once that's all done, then they run it through a program that we wrote ourselves that calculates and simulates the ride path to make sure that there's no dangerous parts or, or no part that's going to be a problem where that might cause a raft to flip, for example. Yeah. So it's really quite a, a unique safety measure that we, we run to ensure kind of the best and safest experience. So uh, I'm picturing this all in my head, and I'm thinking you've had to have like the disaster moment, like where you start down a road and then you find out, oh crap, we can't do this because uh, this footing can't be here and blah, blah, blah. Do you have an example of your biggest problem you had to solve? It was on a cruise ship, probably. So oh, we've wow. done water parks on cruise ships. And you know, generally out in an existing park, you have some flexibility for, uh, you know, the final engineering of a ride where maybe the shutdown lane changes uh, position. Uh, the contractor has built the pool in the, you know, slightly wrong place. So you've got to deal with two inches off or something like that. Yeah, and usually on, on, on site, it's not usually a problem. It's something that our, our supervisors and, and the construction team can deal with. But on a cruise ship, everything is prefabricated. Everything is set water slides and, and all of the components you design into a, a cruise ship have been engineered and looked at as far as, you know, position and, uh, you know, surviving incredible harsh winds, so wind loads. Also, balance. You would not think about it, but, you know, the balance on a ship is obviously super important. So any shifts in the position that was originally engineered could impact the balance of a ship. Luckily, we've been doing it for many years, and we had one ship where the runout ended up being too long, and uh, we couldn't increase the length because it went into a bulkhead. 
So oh, you can't touch that. So or you can't touch it. So basically, it, we did had to it, crumb did this up. happen like as you're doing the build out? Yeah. Or, you, or did you notice it in design? In the engineering stage. Oh, so you that's have good. design and at then least you have you, engineering. At least you caught it in engineering and not when it's, you know, having one of those ships uh, out of commission to be having something retrofit, I would imagine that's like burning a hole in their pocket to get the ship back out there and making them money. It's amazing because the water park is also just a very small component of the overall ship yeah. build. So, yeah, in a, on a retrofit, they're only important for a short time. So you're making everything and then it has to just pop right on. So it's and, like almost pre-building it, you're just gonna take it over on a crane, right? Exactly, and then you just tighten the bolts and make sure everything is working and commissioned and they have limited power, they have limited water. So if you're not right on in the beginning, it makes it very difficult uh, during the build-out stage while it's in port. So those are always tricky and uh, I remember our engineering team came up with some great solutions to try and fix you know so then they come back to you with options we, yeah. could, we could try this we could try that and yeah i'll get a huddle in, huddle on a call yeah try to figure it out can so we, what did you, can we doing? we ended up doing a few things i think we changed the ride path a little bit more so that it could accommodate it better we actually created a nifty little um shutdown lane that was a bit wider as well so we got a little bit more water in there and dressed it up with a little bit of theming to uh, to make it look natural. So you, you do a little bit of everything that you can to That's make it work. That's the lipstick and the pig prop cut a little bit of that? That was a little bit, just to make it, because again, everything needs to fit in perfectly. You know, anything that looks different than what the original design was shows up. So you kind of have to look at ways to uh, fix it, you know? <laughs> Yeah. And luckily, our engineers and our, our supervisors and installers uh, had to deal with the bulk of it and figured it out, and it was fantastic. So Nice. I think we can all kind of picture theming in a park. That's, I mean, we've all been to, you know, the Disney parks, and we've been to a home park that may be, you know, that is themed. So we can kind of picture the theming in our head. But how do you theme a water slide? So water slides are tricky because, you, you know, most theming consists of either some lightweight fiberglass or, or foam and hard coat or concrete type type material. Yeah. Obviously, the concrete stuff's quite heavy, so you, you need to be very careful on how you theme and what you theme, because you don't want those, uh, those weight loads on it. But you also have to consider wind loads. So I remember we did uh, giant sails on a ship at one point, right? <laughs> And you had to be careful because, you know, all of a sudden these sails are going to... They're actually going to catch wind. Catch They're going to actually be sails. <laughs> exactly. So. Oops, too immersive. Yeah. <laughs> it's working. Oh, crap. So, I mean, you, you, you end up uh, really taking all that stuff into consideration. And in cases like that where you build your theming with all of this knowledge in, in mind and then you engineer the support for that, to handle all these seismic and wind load events, right? You know, you have to look at the brand, you have to look at what kind of theming it is, if it's unbranded, and really work within it to to minimize wind loads, to minimize, uh, to beef up your structures to support it, and still create an environment, create experience for people to go through and enjoy it. And I do always remember watching the news at one point and watching this hurricane rip through you know, we, we work in resort areas, obviously. Right. So, you know, those so resort higher, areas. Higher risk to that, right? Higher risk to hurricanes. Yeah. And, and I always remember the newscaster in front of one of our 
aquaplay structures. And I, I can't remember exactly where he was. It might have been Puerto Rico or anywhere on Florida. And the hurricane is just ripping beside him. And he's barely standing. And uh, things are flying all over the place. And there's our theming I'm on our structure. <laughs> just hanging tight. And it survived all the hurricanes. So <laughs> It's so great. Like, you know, cabanas, plants, trees are knocked down. But this theming is still intact. <laughs> Too funny. Do you have a favorite theming that you've done? On the amusement side, which is kind of a wet amusement attraction, it was over in Dubai, and it was uh, how do you tra how to train your dragon ah. style theming, where yeah. you had these Viking ships, and it was it blended into the overall underneath the roller coaster and kind of you know had some real great visuals and and experiences of you being inside these Viking ships. I love my Legoland projects because. You know, it's you know, you, there's a lot of nostalgia behind it. Where we've got stuff where you can, you know, build a raft out of Lego and float on a lazy river through it. You yeah. Know? So I uh, I have to ask, do you have a preference, coasters versus water park? You get to choose. You have to go to a dry park or a, so a wet park. I'm getting a little bit old, so oh, oh, now okay. I, I do love uh, riding some of the coasters around here. But now I'm kind of getting more towards the, uh, you know, the things that don't risk giving me a heart attack <laughs> so so you're more of the lazy river <laughs> yeah i mean i like the wave pool and i think a new product that we're really working on which i'm excited about is this uh surfing surfing wave pools where you get this uh six foot seven foot barrel that doesn't sound like you're you're uh, backing away from the danger there that sounds almost like it's more extreme i'm backing away on the big drops and uh and uh playing and playing more sports oriented stuff hopefully closer so. closer to the ground i don't know how to surf right now but i'm hoping this is going to be a great way for me to learn so i think uh, stuff like that are going to be great nice so. nice so if you had to pick a favorite ride is that is that also a bad question <laughs> my favorite ride uh of uh, the products that we make now yeah. Now let's start with your products. You well, you know what? My favorite rides are the Boomerango, which is kind of this uh, giant drop, and then you go up a big bank, and you get like zero G for a bit, yeah. and then you come down, although it scares the heck out of me. But uh, I do like the one which we call a Master Blaster, and it propels you with water. So uh, that yeah. ride's pretty awesome. When it shoots I, you I up. It. I know, it's weird, it's weird to go uphill in a water slide, right? Yeah, and those are that's really one of my favorite ones. And then outside of that, I love the 5D cinemas, and we've got these flyover uh, cinemas that you go to. I, we don't do them, obviously, but yeah. uh, I like, really like... Like Soarin' or... Yeah, and it's an immersive experience because you've got wind, scents, smells, or like that ride in uh, the Avatar ride in Orlando. Yeah. Anything with a big giant screen that makes you feel like you're inside of the world they created. Yeah, it's pretty amazing how immersive they can make those. But that ride is so cool because at one point you land and the ride machine itself, because you're supposed to be on one of those dragons, I forgot what they're called. Yeah. They've done something on the on the vehicle which pushes out, so it feels like it's breathing oh, on your legs. Nice, so nice. they've kind of taken care of a lot. They've I, I, done a lot of things well. All right. Do you have any uh, partying comments or anything we uh, skipped over that you want to circle back on? No, not really. I mean, designing for entertainment venues like this is just really a satisfying, rewarding kind of work because. You create joy for people, you know, and, and children and create memories. And it's really 
quite a fun thing. So I, I mean, I would highly recommend it. It's just such a fun, fun way to spend your time working for me. You know all these customers are coming back to you. You know, sometimes I'm sure it could come off as like slamming your ideas, but you have to take their feedback and then try to make their product better. How do you deal with the incremental pseudo negativity, but really you want to pull those nuggets out to make the product better? You know, designers in general are trained to self-critique a lot. Yeah. Um, you're your worst critic. You are deals. your worst enemy. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, I think once you learn that critique um, from any source, whether it's a friend or a client or anyone, once you learn that it's all designed for self-improvement and the betterment of everyone's work, critique in a lot of ways becomes less hurtful and more informative. It might sting at first, yeah. but you look back at it afterwards and say, you know what, that person's ideas, which you managed to incorporate, really made what you did better. Great uh, feedback, advice, I'm not sure, it's kind of all rolled up into one. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you taking the time right here on the Apple floor, just pulling off to the side and, and doing a quick interview with me. What didn't turn out to be very quick, did it? No. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, thank you.